All right. If you're here today and you don't own a Bible, if you hold your hand up, the ushers will bring one to you. It's our gift to you. We want to make sure you get in the Word of God. You got to know the Word of God. Oh, come on, guys. Don't get all quiet now and think that all you got to do is make it 30 more minutes and we're to Dairy Queen. No, you're going to help me this morning. You got, you got to get in the Word of God. Amen. You know, the Bible, David wrote, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Turn the light on. Amen. Know where you're headed. Get some scripture. Apply it to your life. Go over it every single day. Proverbs 4. He said, My son, attend unto my words. Hearken unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. For they are life to those that find them. Health and healing to all their flesh. The word, the original word there is medicine. And the reason some of you guys, your life isn't quite so healthy is because you been, haven't been taking the medicine. God's word is medicine, and it'll produce God life in you. And you need to get, you know, I, you know, I don't want to make light of anything, but have you ever known somebody who needed to be on meds and they weren't? Don't look, don't look at your spouse. Just, just, mm-hmm, that's a good time. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of us live like we're off our meds. Hello. Please, look at your neighbor and say, please take your meds. Amen. You got to get in that book. Hold your Bible up. Let's make a confession together. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. Say, I have what it says I have. Say, I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I've got an open mind. I've got a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, say, I'll never be the same. Shout it out. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Look at somebody close. Say, it's good to be with me. Amen. Praise God. We're going to jump right in. We've been talking about the path, and we're going to keep going. I got some stuff. I got a lot of notes. And I hope you're writing stuff down because the CDs today are ninety nine ninety five. Okay. Uh, you you, you want to get the Word of God, and you want to place it in your life. And you want to, it takes God's word to stay on the path that God has for you. Psalm 1611, he said, you will show me the path of life. Everybody say the path of life. Say it again. The path of life. Let's say it together. The path of life. One more time. The path of life. Not any path. The path. The path. There's one way. There's one way. Well, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways to God. Quit smoking dope and step into reality. Okay? There's not many ways. Jesus is the way. Okay? And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh. i got to tell you something. There's only one way to stay on the path, and that's to use the Word of God. Okay? And and you've you've got to be off your meds. If you think you can live life any way you want and then get the result that God promises. Now, I, I, I meet a lot of people who are frustrated with God because they're looking in the book and they see, uh, you know, a promise that's not produced in their life. And they're frustrated with God, but they're not living God life. Come on now. You know, look, I, I know he's cute, but you can't live with him out of wedlock and produce a successful marriage. That's called fantasy. See, you might have a dream, but a dream embraces reality. Fantasy rejects it. 
And the reality is, is that you've got to do life God's way in order to get God life results. Look at your neighbor and say, he said that just for you. Tell him. You know, why do we struggle so much? Because we, we get off the path. We, we just walk off the path. We try to do it our own way. You know, we, we, just, we think we got a pretty good idea. We, we're under the impression that we know as much as God does. Jesus didn't come to make God life easy. He came to make it possible. Because before him, you were doomed. You were hopeless. There, there wasn't any way out for you. But because he came and he paid an extravagant price to reconnect you to God life. But the Bible tells us that even at that, you, you still have to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? Because you were born into sin. He made a way out, but you gotta, you gotta get on the way. You gotta get on the path. God's thoughts aren't like your thoughts. You gotta, you gotta climb up and start thinking like God thinks. You gotta change your mind. James said if you'd receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, it has the power to save your soul. The way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices. You gotta receive the word of God. You've got to embrace it. You've got to engage in godly living, which means you have to disengage from ungodly living. I'm not talking about smoking and chewing and going with girls that are doing. I'm talking about, you know, what does God's Word say? And, you know, sometimes we, we try to make a list of rules and do's and don'ts. No, it's, a, it's really, it's old versus new. You're a, you're a new man, and there's a new and living way. And you gotta go after God. And you're not gonna lose anything. I said, you're not gonna lose anything. We act like we're afraid that if we do it God's way, that we're, that somehow we're gonna come out on the short end of the stick. That's because, the reason you think that is because you've been deceived. So you're thinking that, that, that if, well, if I say we're gonna go godly and that's gonna change our whole relationship and they're not gonna like me anymore. No, they're gonna have more confidence in you and, and, and God might redirect you to the right people. You've got to learn to trust God. I said you've got to learn to trust God. See, the only reason, there, there, probably, maybe there's two reasons why we wouldn't do what God says. One is because we don't trust Him. But I know what you're saying. Well, I trust Him. I'm full of trust. Well, the, the only other reason I can think of is you're just willfully disobedient. So whatever it is, we got to deal with it. So today we're going to deal with that trust issue. Because I know you wouldn't be willfully disobedient. we got to deal with the trust issue. Acts 16.31 in the message. Put your entire trust in the Master Jesus. Look what it says. Then you'll live as you were meant to live. And everyone in your house included. Isn't that a great verse? And if you don't know, if you don't know what scripture to start building your life on, take this one. Here's your meds. Okay, take it three times a day. Don't just swallow it. Chew it up. Okay, break it down. Get it in your spirit. Put your entire trust in the Master Jesus. Put your entire trust in the Master Jesus. You know what that means? If I put my entire check into U.S. Bank, then I ain't got a little bit to run down to Giza with. So if I put my entire trust in Jesus, I don't have to worry about putting my trust anywhere else. 
So if I really have my entire trust in the Master Jesus, I might know what the world economy is doing, but it don't bother me. Why? Because my trust isn't in the world economy. My trust is in God. Put your entire trust in the Master Jesus. Then you'll live life the way you were meant to. You know, that ought to provoke you to study. How did God intend for me to live this life? What's the life I was meant to live? I think it was happy, healthy, blessed, and anointed. Above only and not beneath the head and not the tail. Hello? The headlight, not the tail light. He put, you know, hello, somebody. Well, how, the living life the way you were meant to. You weren't meant to live sick. You weren't meant to live broke. You weren't meant to live depressed. If you put your entire trust in the Master Jesus, you'll live life as you were meant to live it. And you know what happens? Is eventually the whole house is impacted. I'll weave my own white hanky. Glory! You may not enjoy this, but I sure do. <laughs> What's it come down to? Your ability to trust. Come on, don't deceive yourself. Let's get real today. Let's, let's pull up those big boy pants. Let's realize, oh, I've been duped, man. The, 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 the enemy has tricked me into believing a lie, and so I'm not putting my confidence in the Lord. And I need to put my confidence in God because Hebrews 10, 35, I think it is, it says, Don't throw away your confidence which has great recompense of reward for you have need of patience. After you've done the will of God, you're going to receive the promise. Don't, quit letting go of your Quit losing your confidence. Quit giving a second thought to what God said. You do realize that the only thing that can sink your faith is a second thought. Remember Jesus looks at Peter who's been walking on the water. He started to sink. He didn't sink. He started to. He, he cries out. Jesus is there. They get back to the boat. By the way, how did he get back to the boat? He walked on the water. Jesus is not in a piggyback. Here, get on. No, he, he walked him back. And he said, oh, ye of little faith. Wherefore, didst thou doubt? Little faith. Not puny in stature, puny in duration. He had a short burst of faith. Wherefore didst thou doubt? Doubt. Second thought. Why did you give it a second thought? Why did you believe a word contrary to the word I gave you? Why did you throw away your confidence? you got to trust me. So that when you do what I say, I can produce what I promised. God wants to produce in your life. He, I said God wants to produce in your life. I said God wants to produce in your life. Amen. You, you ought to be grateful. You know, you, you, you act like you almost don't believe me. We're just going to be nice to you, Pastor. Because yesterday was your birthday. I don't need a gift. You do. Embrace the reality that God's plan for your life is to prosper you, not harm you. God's plan is for your hope and for your future. And if you're going to have anything different in your future, you're going to have to have a different belief system than you had in your past. You've got to believe God wants my life blessed. He wants me positioned to win or succeed in every given situation. And He's given me His Word to ensure that I live that way. Victorious. That I live a life that's demonstrating Satan's defeat on a daily basis. That every day when I get out of bed, it's a humiliation to hell. Come on. We're not trying to get a, 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 you know, a religious group together so that we can, you know, justify our nasty attitude. We're trying to educate ourselves so that we can live the life that God's called us to live. 
So instead of having homes that are breaking apart and falling apart at the seams, no, we got victory in our house, and our entire house is living the way that God meant for us to live. My kids are blessed. My wife is blessed. My friends are blessed. My, my, hello, somebody. You, you know, it ought to irritate you just a little bit because the, the thief came to kill, steal, and destroy. And I'm pretty sure that you don't have everything in your life that God intended you to have, which means somebody took it. So you ought to, you, you ought to just go ahead and get mad. Okay, I'll move on. Isaiah 40, verse 1 through 4. Comfort, oh, comfort my people. And you're going, thank God. We're going to get some comfort. Speak softly and tenderly to Jerusalem. But also make it very clear. She has served her sentence. Her sin is taken care of. Forgiven. Everybody say forgiven. You believe that? You're forgiven. Look at this next line. She's been punished enough, more than enough. Now it's over and done with. Can I just tell you something today? You've been punished enough. More than enough. So quit telling your life, that this, I might as well accept this. If it's not what God said, then you don't have to accept it. Enough is enough. You've suffered long enough. It's done and over with. Some of the stuff going through my head, I know I can't say it. I must be growing up. <laughs> okay, I almost just went ahead and said it. I ain't saying it. Mm-mm. It's over with. Quit living, quit, quit living like, like you don't deserve the blessing of God. Well, God doesn't mean that everybody's supposed to prosper. Well, what did he say? He says plans to prosper you. You don't need to look for prosperity. You need to find God's plan. You need to find God's plan. It might include you working. (laughs) Well, if God wants to prosper me, I ought to be able to stay at the house and Edmund Mann swing by. That's not God's plan. As a matter of fact, if God's plan is to prosper you, then you have a responsibility to work. Why? Because you've got to prosper. And if you ain't prospering, you better start looking at a way to release prosperity in your life. Why? Because God's plans for you to prosper. See, we're under the impression that if God has a plan, that means he's going to do it. No, that means he's empowered you to do it. He, he has empowered you. He has graced you. Grace isn't a blanket you're going to hide your sin under. The blood of Jesus touches your life. Your sin's not hidden. It's removed. It's gone. What's grace? Grace is an empowering agent that, in, that empowers you to do exactly what God's called and you know, created you to do. So you have the power to prosper. And if you're not, it's probably because you like excuses better. Well, have you, have you seen the price of gas? <laughs> you know, if you would prosper, price of gas wouldn't be that big of a deal. See, so, this trust thing, it brings up so much. Because really, really, you need somebody in your life who can look you in the eyes and tell you the truth. Because when you get out of bed in the morning, you never walk in in the mirror and do in your hair, look in the mirror and go, good Lord, you're greedy today. 
Uh-uh. You, if, you even, if you even happen to notice your greed, you call it steward. I'm a steward. I'm, I'm a steward. That sounds a lot better than I'm thinking greedy. You know, we make excuses for it. You know, greed, free market. Giving stuff away, free. No strings attached, just like God's love. And there's people who have nothing, and we want to bless them. Now, I'm just making, I'm just making a note here, just making a point. They have nothing, but they're going to, you know, it's no strings attached. But they're still trying to figure out how to break a rule. Because they're nervous, because there's people in there, and they're not in there yet. And they want something that's in there before somebody else who's in there can get it. So they sneak somebody under the line to go get it and bring it over here and put it in a bag. Why? It was called greed. Now, these are people with nothing. we got to deal with our greed. Because if we were trusting God, we wouldn't be worrying about any of the stuff that God's saying, hey, give me that. You'd, you'd remember that any time God said, give me that, he gives you this. And if that was what you needed, then you wouldn't be in the shape you're in. So you don't need that. You need this. So when next time God says, give me that, you say, give me this. Because that's gone already. Trust him. Trust him. You've suffered long enough. You've been punished long enough. That sickness doesn't need to be part of your life. That depression doesn't need to be part of your life. That anger doesn't need to be part of your life. He has empowered you to demonstrate Satan's defeat in every realm of your life. That, that poverty doesn't need to be part of your life. And, and it's not going to be part of your future. Bless God, we're going to live out the word of God. We are, we are, we are going to attack hell. Come on. You know, the next few months, I, 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 I want to I encourage you. You know, Shelby mentioned it already, but I want to reiterate. You know, at, at, the, at the marriage conference with the Pharaohs, get a set of tickets at the counter. And we, there's only so many seats, so you've got to get it's $45 for dinner and breakfast for two. You can't afford not to go. It's going to save you money because you're going to go do something stupid if you don't go. So go. And if you ain't got $45, come see us. I, you know, bronzes are loaded. They'll help. And we'll get you in. We'll buy you a ticket. We'll give you a ticket. We'll make sure you get there. But we're going to go to work on marriages. Why? Because marriages shouldn't be suffering and sucking wind. They ought to be strong in the house of God. Come on, somebody. The next weekend, Hard Rock Night, we're bringing Glenn and Theresa Johnson in from... Uh, where are they from? Vancouver. They're going to teach on relationship. Great teachers. We're going to, we're going to start investing. We're going, to, we're going to, as the kids go back to school, guess what, mom and dad? We're going back to school. We're going to learn how to live God life. And then we're going to hold your feet to the fire and make you do it. It's going to be a fun part. Look at verse uh, 3. Thunder in the desert. Kind of handy. We live in Kennewick. Dry cities. Here we are. In the desert. Thunder in the... Prepare for God's arrival. Make the road straight and smooth. A highway fit for our God. Fill in the valleys. Level off the hills. Smooth out the rocks. Or ruts. Clear out the rocks. Then God's bright glory will shine and everyone will see it. Yes, just as God has said. Isn't that awesome? 
I mean, listen to what he's saying. Hey, you've suffered long enough. How about you make a few changes and allow the presence of God to come into your life? How about you just address a couple issues and watch what God can do when you do it God's way? I really, I, 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 want, I want to talk about filling in the valleys, leveling off the hills, smoothing out the ruts, and clearing out the rocks. But first, I want to talk about preparing for God's arrival. Prepare for God's arrival. Prepare. Look at your neighbor and say, Prepare. You know where a lot of us mess up? We spend most of our time, our effort, our energy, all of our resources, trying to repair instead of working on prepare. You're trying to repair the road instead of preparing a road. You're trying to fix what happened instead of get, getting ready for what's coming. See, if you repair the road, you can only go back to where you've been. If you prepare the road, you can go to where you're headed. You've got to prepare for God's arrival. I mean, think of it this way. He's, he's, he's bringing truckloads of blessing to your life. So you better have more than a rabbit trail through the woods. He needs to back up, you know, and start unloading instead of carrying it in one piece at a time on foot. Because you haven't prepared anything for God. You're not, you're not prepared for, for, for God's arrival as an as a individual, as a, as a family unit, as a church body. We've got to prepare. We've got to get ready. Why? Because God's got some huge plans. Say, God's got, God's got big plans for your life. This is one of the, one of the reasons you've got to step up to bat and you've got to help us build the church. I'm not talking about we're going to take seven more offerings. I'm talking about we need help in all these different ministries. Why? Because we've got to prepare. You, you better give me an amen or you ain't getting out of here until about 2.30. We'll lock the stinking door, man. We'll bring out a light and we have this and make you talk. We can, we can work on you. You know, think about it. How many of your relationships would be in a lot better condition if you prepared for health instead of trying to repair the havoc you created back there? You think you got to go back and get them to admit it. Hey, who cares? You got to prepare. You've got to prepare. God's moving mountains to ensure your collision with destiny. But you've got a role to play. Man, preparing for the presence of God. you got to, how about prayer? Never thought about that, Ethel. Has it come down to this? We're going to have to believe God. Prepare. What are you getting ready for? Just a, just a, just a thought, okay? Maybe, you know, if, if I talk to you, I, you know, as an individual, I, you know, if we sat down and had a coffee. God, that sounds good, don't it? 
Did I say donut? No, okay. I'm so easily distracted. Coffee and donuts. Let's pray. If I sat down with you and had coffee and really drug out of you what God's doing in your life, because really sometimes, you know, when we're, when we're worshiping God and, and, and you know, to... You do realize that in John, it says that, uh, and Jesus said it. He said, the Father is seeking people who will worship Him. Don't you think, this is just a side note, but don't you think if God's looking for something, you ought to be the, what He's looking for? You know, so you, you, you were created to worship. The word worship, Vine's Expository Dictionary. It means to rivet your eyes or attention on someone or something, to sit at one's feet, even as a dog sits at his master's feet, licking his master's hand. You gotta come in, you know, to get in the presence of God, you gotta rivet your attention on God. That's why when you're offended, you can't get in. I'm not talking about the building, I'm talking about the presence of God. Because when you're offended, you're not, your, your attention's not riveted on God, your attention's riveted on somebody else and what they've done and how you think they ought to have done it different. See, if, if, if you're not showing up on Wednesday nights and going through the bait of Satan, then you ought to call up Message International and order your own set. You, you need to be free. Why? Because that's how you prepare. For God's arrival. See, and if we were sitting drinking coffee and, and, and I'm asking you, you know, uh, what, what's, what's going on in your life? What's God doing right now? And, and I know a lot of you, because I can tell by the way you worship, nothing. It, you know, it's kind of like talking to a 16-year-old. You know, after raising three boys, we've learned that, you know, when you ask them, what would you learn today? Nothing. What did you do today? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing's their, like their favorite topic. And, you, you know, some of you guys, what, what is God doing in your life right now? Nothing. And, and it's exactly what you prepared for. Hi. Can you make it seven more minutes? Get ready. Get ready. How, how do I get ready? Let, let me give you these four things. Fill in the valleys. Fill in the valleys. How do I do it? Well... Just look behind you. You know your low spots. Fill them in in front of you. Fill in the depressions. Quit, quit, quit allowing everything to take you down. You can sit down and make a list of things that impact you in a negative way, things that people do. Now choose to respond differently when people do those things. Because they ain't all going to change. They're not going to stop. I don't like it when pastor gets honest. He's always going to do it. Fill in the valley. In other words, when you look at your future, take depression out of it. Take sadness out of it. You're not, you're not repairing the past, you're preparing the future. See, if you fill in the valley of your past, that's called cover-up. You're just trying to hide what happened. You can't alter your past, you can only take your past to the altar. You can't change what happened. Place a period there. Say, I'm sorry, and let's go. You know most of the time, we're not intentionally trying to hurt you or irritate you, so forgive us. Let's go. Let's, start, let's, let's, let's head into the future now, and let's fill in the valleys and quit being all over the place. You, you know, prepare the path by removing the low spots. How am I going to do that? You're going to become impressed 
with God's Word instead of depressed for the lack of God's Word. Because the only way that depression comes in is because you don't know what He said. You're believing the wrong voice. You're letting somebody else sit on the throne of your life. So fill in the valleys. How about this? Level off the hills. Level off the hills. Okay? How, how do I level off the hills? Prayer. It's your great equalizer. In the book of Jude, you ready? Hold on, it's going to freak you out. In the book of Jude, it says, praying in the Holy Ghost, building, building up your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. See, you're sitting here thinking, well, that's kind of that weird stuff. And we hang out with you, but, you know, when we get to that, that's the threshold. We don't want to cross that threshold. Because we don't want to be weird. Would you rather be defeated? I'm not asking you to get streamers and feathers and run through the building. Please don't. By the way, we have cameras up. All throughout the building. You know, in an effort to protect our children. And, uh, and we can look at you from our iPad. It's really cool. You should run back there and tell that guy to wash his hands. Just kidding. Not, not in the bathroom. Sorry, that was bad. <coughs> I guess I haven't grown completely up. You know, just, just a little. Just a little. We're working on it. Increasing Vince's prayer life right now. I thank God that I can pray in the Holy Spirit. Because I've got to tell you something. On the, on the, days, the, on the days I want to give up, I can just start praying in the Spirit. And by the time I'm done, I, I'm no longer quitting. I'm no longer beaten. I'm no longer defeated. Yeah, I don't know what picture comes in your mind when you hear praying the Spirit. You go, oh, Jesus, where are we? Well, if you're going to walk in the Spirit, you've got to be led by the Spirit. You know, so you're probably going to need to pray in the Spirit. It's, it's kind of like, it's like buying a... A dodge and not getting a hemi. You, you know, uh, come on, step up. Sorry, pay. And use the tools that God's given you. The, you need the Spirit of God in your life. That's, that's what puts you over the top. Level off the hill. What used to be a mountain is no longer an issue. Why? I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not I that live, but Christ is alive in me, and I can prove it. I got some life. Hello? How about smooth out the ruts? Smooth out the ruts. If, if you didn't like two, you're, you're going to hate three. Smooth out the ruts. Admit your habitual mistakes and knock it off. Prepare for the future. Stop warring against the past. Prepare. Get rid of the ruts. Get pumped about your future. Just get excited about your future and realize, man, you know, my habits dictate my character and my character ties me to my final result. All I got to do to have a different result 
is have a different character. All I got to do to have different character is have different habits. All I have to do to create different habits is make a few different choices. All I got to do to make a few different choices is just change the way I feel about some things. So I just change the way I think about it. Because the way I think determines the way I see, and the way I see determines the way I live. If I want to live different, all I got to do is see different. If I want to see different, all I got to do is think different. Well, why not go back to the Word of God and get in the Word of God and see what He says and start thinking like He thinks? Clear away the rocks. Two more minutes. Clear away the rocks. Remember when the ladies got together and they headed for where Jesus was at? After the crucifixion, and they got down there and they found the stone had been rolled away. How about you roll away the stone? Because the only thing that's behind the stone is dead religion. But when you roll the stone away, the resurrection Christ begins to operate in you, in your life. See, in resurrection life, that's Zoe, that's God life. That's more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than despair, more, you know, more pro- prosperity than poverty, more, more health than sickness. That, that's, that's the real deal. How about, how about you roll away the stone, get that dead you know, religious stuff out of your life, and, and let the living Christ demonstrate His glory in you. Roll away the stone. Remove the, remove the stone, man. You ain't got anything to hide. You don't have anything to be ashamed of. You've suffered enough, more than enough. So step into the promises of God. Just take responsibility for your life. Just realize that your past and your future, that's you. It ain't somebody else. It's not the decisions or actions of somebody. You're not a victim. You're, you're in dominion. And you, you can accept responsibility for where you are. The choices that you've made brought you here. If you don't like what's going on, make a couple different choices. Let's change it. But let's, let's quit trying to repair what's already happened and prepare for what God wants to happen. I'm telling you that if God was coming to your house today, I bet your house would look a little different than it does right now. You'd probably spruce up a couple things. Well, how about we do that for God? He's promised to show up. And the enemies convince you, He ain't coming. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into him and fellowship with him. God said, you're at the threshold of supernatural involvement. Open the door. How do you open the door? By doing what He said. What did he say? It's easy. It's right here. He said, fill in the valleys, level off the hills, smooth out the ruts, and clear away the rocks. Because he's on his way to your life. I said he's on his way to your life. Amen? Close your book. Bow your head. Let's pray. Father, today, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you're coming to our life in a a new, fresh, and living way. Lord, we want to prepare ourself for more of you so today lord enlighten the eyes of our understanding let us see some things that we've never been able to see before we want to look at the unseen we 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 don't want to look at what we've seen we've already seen it we want to see the unseen and father we we want to be people who are prepared 
for a great outpouring of your spirit in our life. I pray for every person in this room today that as they leave this building, that they would carry with them a, a, a totally new level of hope and, and anticipation. And that instead of looking at their house with, with despair or discouragement, they'd realize that nothing's too difficult for God. If I do it God's way, He'll, he'll produce what He promised. I, I, God, I just pray for every family. That the joy of the Lord will begin to bubble up in the midst of their heart and begin to, to overtake them right where they are today. Lord, we just thank you for your promises.